Freedom Mama is the show where as women we are questioning everything. We are pulling back the veil to examine the ideas and common narratives that still dictate many of our lives. For the sake of your freedom, as well as our own, we are willing to let go of the concepts that keep us safe in order to have our freedom. Whether it be health, relationships, parenting, or spirituality, we know that once we know better, we can finally do better and ultimately feel better, body, mind, and soul. Hey, Freedom Mama listeners, thanks for tuning in to this podcast where we raise thought-provoking topics with the intention to inspire women to have more freedom in their lives. This is episode three, and today's topic is the truth about Thanksgiving and being vegan with non-vegan family during the holidays. Did you know that 46 million turkeys are eaten on Thanksgiving Day in America? And 88% of Americans admit to eating turkey on Thanksgiving, which includes the 4,500 calories consumed by the average American on Thanksgiving Day. And 237.5 million turkeys were raised for slaughter in the U.S. in the year 2014. Maybe those numbers don't mean much to you because, hey, we all have to eat, right? And there are a lot of people in America to feed. But maybe when you hear about how it all goes down, you'll think differently. I'll let Aaron Jonas explain. Does anyone even know why we eat turkey every Thanksgiving? Does anyone even know why we have Thanksgiving? Is it error? There's a lot these birds go through before they make it to the middle of the Thanksgiving table. First, female turkeys are artificially inseminated. Almost every single Thanksgiving turkey, most commercially bred turkeys today, have actually become so mutated from selective breeding that they can't even have sex naturally anymore. They've been selectively bred to grow so large that they physically cannot. They literally need to be inseminated by a human in order to make baby turkeys. So an employee of the meat industry diddles the butthole of a male turkey, also known as a tom, sometimes while he's shackled, and, and then collects his semen, often by sucking it out of his butt with a tube. Right wing, left foot. Male turkeys owned by the meat industry usually spend their lives confined in the dark, being constantly milked every week by a human. And then that semen is inserted into female turkeys, often while they're hung upside down. Now when the baby turkeys hatch, they usually have their beaks seared off so they don't pluck out their cellmate's eyes uh, before they're sent off to live in tiny cages for a few months until it's time for humans to give thanks. And sometimes portions of their toes are also cut off. And since they've been genetically bred to grow as fast as possible, they often become crippled under their own unnatural weight. Like other holidays such as Columbus Day and Memorial Day, Thanksgiving is another holiday bred from American tales of lies and corruption. The image commonly depicted of pilgrims landing at Plymouth Rock, donning their buckled shoes and hats, befriending Squanto and the other Indians only to sit down and joyously share a feast with them is a little misleading. 
and by a little, I mean a lot. While historians go back and forth as to what the real story is, there's a general census as to what happened. Broken Mystic articulates it well by saying, There is no other way to put it, but erasing the memory of an entire race of people through distorted history is a systematic way of deceiving and lying to our children. Not only are we presented with biased history, but we are also subjected to an ever-growing culture of capitalism, in which commercialization of an ambiguous holiday merely pulls us away from facts and meaning. Turkeys are associated with Thanksgiving, in the same way Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny have become synonymous with Christmas and Easter, respectively. Through the guise of innocence, capitalism is constantly telling us to consume because consumption equals happiness. Tomorrow is not Black Friday for nothing. And as children dress up as pilgrims and natives to reenact the romanticized version of history, they are not only perpetuating stereotypes, but more importantly, they're being embedded with lies. I'll leave the link to the full article by Broken Mystic in the show notes. But for now, here's my guest, Amy Lenore Wilder. So today I'm here with Amy Lenore Wilder, Conscious Living Concierge. Amy, can you tell us exactly what a Conscious Living Concierge does? Sure. Well, I created the title for myself um, about a year ago now, and it was initially going to be a sort of a local resource for healthier living, conscious living, sustainable living. So anybody who was looking for healthcare providers or, you know, diet coaches, nutrition, fitness, any alternative healing therapies and things, just all of that, workshops, just wanted to really connect everybody with that. And uh, shortly after that, I evolved a little bit and became a, a body worker, like doing a therapeutic uh, healing touch modality and uh, have been working with that as well as like deeply expanding my spiritual consciousness so now I even kind of work as a mentor spiritually for people who are just wanting to get to know themselves a little bit better and explore what the notions of spirituality mean to them without any particular religion attached yeah that sounds awesome can you give us like a concrete example of what you might do in a day or is are all of your clients is everything really personalized and customized for them or is there a certain modality that you really prefer I think that the um the massage or bodywork technique tends to get more people in the door at least it did not naturally at first but what's happened is those massage clients are sort of actually starting to request other services such as some nutritional guidance or connecting them with other people who do other healing modalities. And it just, again, is creating a really interesting web. But each one, each client is completely unique, and the, the processes and techniques and, and any services is just completely tailored to meet that individual's needs. Cool. Um, speaking of nutritional counseling, um, you are a vegan, and just so everyone can get an idea. Um, I'm curious, how long have you been vegan? And can you just give us a blip of what led you there and how it changed you for the better? Absolutely. So I began my journey as a vegan about three years ago. And uh, that was because of a wonderful friend and mentor at the time who 
I just noticed how he seemed to have a certain energy that seemed a little bit lighter and brighter than what I tended to perceive in most people. And then he later told me how he cured himself of, or at least re removed the symptoms of a cancer that he had been diagnosed with. And so it just seemed like a natural no-brainer. Like, I mean, if this person can heal their cancer with this kind of diet, I don't have cancer, but I probably would benefit. So I decided to go ahead and try it. And luckily I had this person as a mentor and I could, you know, send out a quick text message if I didn't know what to eat in the moment. Mm -hmm. And he kind of really helped guide me through that. So I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I wish I could be vegan or I would love to, but here are my hangups, whatever they are. And without judgment or telling anybody what they should eat, I like to offer suggestions of alternatives if they are wanting to move away from a more animal-based diet. So I offer plant-based guidance as well as guidance towards their own intuition, learning how to listen to their body mm. uh, to find out what they're needing in the moment. And for them, that might look like an animal product, but I don't, you know, I don't worry about that. You know, everybody's on their own path. And, and so without judgment, I offer that kind of guidance. That's great. So at the beginning of this episode, I sort of gave a little intro about our cultural ideas about the holiday Thanksgiving. It's coming up this week and um, the way that we come together and um, a lot of the traditions that are associated with it, like um, the turkey cons consumption, for example. And so I just wanted to get your thoughts about Thanksgiving and what does it mean to you? Hmm. Well, for me, it's kind of irrelevant at this point. <laughs> you know, I'm sort of at a place in life where I've just gotten so far away from our general, like, national holidays. Just energetically, it doesn't really fit with what I focus on. So for me, the big representation of Thanksgiving being very turkey-based, you know, very animal, dead animal-based, <laughs> to be perfectly frank, it really does sit a little weird for me. And so in my position, I feel very fortunate that I don't have a lot of family locally. I don't have a lot of pressure to attend these kinds of events where I might feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, I still have to ask myself, how would I deal with that? If that were the case, what would I choose? And I feel like just as I wouldn't want to go to, you know, like a particular taco stand that has like rotisserie chickens, like I try to avoid really seeing or being around or eating food that's been around too much of that kind of stuff just because that's not where I align. And, and the energy of it really just kind of changes the dynamic of the food, even if what I order is vegan. Mm -hmm. And so um, with that in mind, I would think that for myself, I would choose to opt out of those kinds of family gatherings because mm -hmm. I understand that everybody has the the perspective of it being a time for giving thanks and a time for getting together with family. While I understand that the calendar and our general work week aligns with everybody getting together that Thursday, I also know that I have 364 other days of the year that I can get together with people under some pretense or another and also offer gratitude and, and be there in connection, but without all of the other stuff that's sort of prefab, here's your Thanksgiving life, you know? Right. I, I like that you say that because um, even though 
not only Thanksgiving, but other holidays like Christmas, for example, is seen as this time of coming together and connecting. It seems that there are so many other things um, culturally in place, uh, traditions that actually really take away from the connection, like the eating and the football and the presents and right. Santa Claus. And so there's all of these other things that even though we claim like, oh, it's a time of to give thanks, like we kind of paint these stories to make us feel a little bit better about all these vices. Um, but yeah, it seems that even though that we, we tell ourselves that it's a time for coming together and to give thanks and to be connected with family. And I'm not saying that it's not for many people, um, but we do uh, at the same time have like this really good way of kind of distracting ourselves from all that. Right. And I, I kind of get the idea that maybe there's a part of us that wants it, like we want that connection, um, and we want that closeness with our family and our loved ones, and it's probably really uncomfortable when you get down, like, beneath the surface, so we kind of eat and do all the, <laughs> and like, open presents and watch football and do all these other things that are kind of um, make it not so... Girl, you just opened the box <laughs> for my life right there. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, that's a big part of my job as a conscious living concierge. Is I just, I want to put intention and mm. awareness in every aspect of my day. Right, Whenever I can possibly remember to do so. Yeah. And that includes how I connect with my family, how I relate with them, and how I honor myself and my boundaries and... I love my family, but do I love them enough to sit there and look at them across a, a, a carcass of a bird? Mm. Really, I mean, is that a connection that feels really connected for me? Mm. No, it feels like I'm not really honoring my own self. Mm. And how can I possibly connect with somebody else totally. truly if, if I'm not, sitting there yeah. that way? Right, yeah. yeah, I've learned that too. If we're not, that's a really good point. I've never thought of that. And and I respect, you know, anyone who's vegan or maybe not even vegan, but they just have, um, you know, really different beliefs or ideologies in their family. I respect anyone who chooses to opt out of these type of events or people who choose to go, like me, who go anyway, um, despite the fact that there are things about the gathering that are really hard to be a part of. Um, but you make a really good point because that is true. If we're not honoring our highest selves, there's absolutely no way we can truly connect with our family in an authentic way. Sure. Because um, sure. you're still go going to feel that sense of um, discomfort or like you're not, like I said, honoring yourself. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Gary Yurofsky. Yes. But he, he's someone who, he was the first vegan I'd ever heard of who um, he actually doesn't ever, not just holidays, but he never sits down with anyone who's having um, an animal-based meal. Mm -hmm. And at first, when I heard him say that, like, to be honest, I kind of thought he was being an asshole. And, and I'm not there personally. Like, I have way too many friends who eat animal products to just be like, I'm never having a meal with any of you people again. And they're people who I really like too. So, right. um, yeah, so it's that balance that it's such, this is such a good topic because I think so many people don't, um, who are not vegan, I don't think they realize how for, some, for many vegans it, it really is a sensitive issue to like, 
see that turkey on the table. Right. It's, you know? We're stretching a boundary to a pretty thin extreme there right. uh, for many of us that they're not having to rise up to do the same. Right. You know, um, uh, other than those who say, you know, I'm going to throw vegan Thanksgiving. I hope that you'll come just as they would want us to be there around the meat. We would want them to come, but a lot of times those family members will be like, can I bring turkey or can I bring right. something with butter or cheese? Right. And then again, it's like, well, it just feels a little weird to like welcome that in or share a meal. And that's different for everybody. Sure. And I'm just, I realize that I'm a little bit extreme, but mm-hmm. I also notice that I want to be really intentional with when and how I stretch my boundaries and that kind of energy exchange Mm -hmm. and what I get out of that relationship. Because to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of relationships that I have where I just, you know, it's not that strong of a connection and that's okay. So I'm fine with just connecting on a different day and I don't think anybody should be ashamed of that. But it's also important to be clear, like, how much am I shutting out because of this? How much am I not allowing to be there and to be what is? because of this right and so it's just you know in the moment a different moment a different decision yeah yeah Yeah, I'm when I first went vegan I was definitely extremely forceful in my decision Mm -hmm. and in my beliefs and I really because you know when you're first learning about it um when if you're very sensitive to it then you have a lot of anger when you're learning the truth and all of this stuff and so I was very forceful thinking like oh if if I came to this decision and this realization, then everyone else who learns about it is obviously going to do the same thing. And I right. learned really quick that, that people aren't as sensitive to it as I was. Mm-hmm. And so, and I also learned that anything that you come at with force is going to be met with resistance. So mm-hmm. that method didn't feel good after a while. And, and quite frankly, it's exhausting. So I... I don't, that's not how I approach it anymore. I don't really talk about it anymore, even though there are times when I'd really want to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that I, I took a step back and eventually, then it kind of got to this point where I didn't want to talk about it at all. And I was kind of scared that I would be at these types of functions and people would kind of call me out. Oh, as there's the, the vegan. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then so I kind of got... Then I started getting self-conscious about that, and now, you know, it's I'm kind of at this, like, neutral thing. But it is interesting, um, that line. Honoring yourself, but also not pushing everyone away. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, this is very interesting stuff. Um, so I'm also curious if you've ever, maybe when you first went vegan, maybe and not even during the holidays, but if any time in your life, if you've ever been in a situation um, with family or loved ones or friends that it was challenging um, or it did feel uncomfortable in some way, either for them or for you, and how you handled that. And if you've never been in a situation like that, how do you think you'd handle that? Right. I have been in lots of those situations, and it has evolved a lot over time, just like you just uh, articulated that, there was like this big loud puppy dog phase of like, I really want everybody to know the truth and I want you to see what's happening. And then just realizing that that was shutting out a lot of people or shutting down a lot of people or just the energy was shifting so much and really noticing when people felt judged by me, even if I didn't feel like I was actively judging them. Mm -hmm. Like I wasn't really seeing them 
the way they might have thought I was seeing them. Right. And that's the tough part is understanding the nuance and feeling out the energetics of all of that. Right. Um, and I definitely, you know, had lots of nutritional conversations with my mother and other family members mm-hmm. over meals. But now I just am careful to curate when and where I spend my time, you know. Mm-hmm. So if there's ever an opportunity to spend time with people and connect with people in a way that it doesn't even have to come up, that's you know, great for me. And Mm -hmm. then otherwise I do. I try to just stay non-judgmental and subtle anymore. And just, I choose what I choose for myself. And you might notice that and you might not. Mm -hmm. And you choose what you choose for yourself. And I might notice that and I might not. And no matter what, we can still meet here and be here in this moment. But we can also decide what feels like a good environment for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious about how... um, so you have two kids who mm-hmm. they're a bit older and so they were not you guys weren't vegan so they weren't raised vegan right and so can you talk just a little bit about um I guess like maybe the challenges with that and then how you've kind of released those expectations or yeah, yeah absolutely well um yeah we definitely were an omnivore family and uh it wasn't until a bit later that I became vegan and Uh, the children's dad and the children don't really feel all that aligned with it. Mm -hmm. And so for a while I was just letting them eat whatever they wanted with me. But then the more I kept feeling like I'm voting with my dollar kind of thing, I really had a lot of conversations with them around. I just don't feel good paying money for this for you to eat it because it doesn't align with my values nutritionally or ethically um, in in kid language. But that's, you know, what I conveyed to them. And uh, they really were able to honor that after a little while. You know, I would, at first I was like, no animal products ever whatsoever around me. And then I said, okay, well, if you must have it, you have some money saved up, you can spend your money on it. And then they would suddenly not really want it that bad after all. Right. So that really kind of put in perspective where their boundaries and values lie. And I realized... Right, when their own money's involved. Right, when their own money's involved, then all of a sudden the story changes. And that's great. You know, like, I totally honor that. And if they choose to, you know, drop that 10 bucks on a hamburger meal, then that's their money and that's their choice. And they know different, you Mm -hmm. know. They have the information. They know how hamburgers are made. And they know what's involved in that process. And... They know kind of roughly what it does to your body or how your body processes it. Mm-hmm. So with that information, yeah, they, I mean, they're young, they're eight and five, but they can still make some general choices mm-hmm. of their own. Yeah, I think the coolest part or one of the coolest things about all of this is that even though we do have maybe these challenges about choosing this lifestyle is that over the years, I've actually seen how I've influenced my family and the people around me. So over time, I know a lot of people coming to this lifestyle, I see them struggling with getting loved ones and family members on board, and that was me at one time. Mm-hmm. And and what I like to tell them is to just kind of do your own thing, mm-hmm. and eventually they're going, like, if you want to help them, then show them by mm-hmm. leading by example, modeling it, and make it so compelling that eventually they're going to come to you and ask for information. You don't have to come to them anymore. And I think that's what's really cool. Um, What's I've seen happen in my family is no, no one has gone vegan, but everyone has become more conscious of their food choices. Exactly. And, um, 
and they definitely have, you know, come to me and asked me questions about certain things. So yeah. it really does turn around after a while when you can lead by a certain example. Absolutely. And I think that really boils it down to stand by what feels true for you. Follow your heart because if, if this is the lifestyle or the choice that feels right for you, then step into it completely. Don't waver around it, but don't throw it in people's faces either. Just embody it completely. And that's what draws people in is that surety, that, or that assurance that yeah. you know, you're confident that for right now, this is what you need to be doing. Right. And when they see that and they see that confidence, I think that's what speaks louder than anything else. Yeah, the confidence and maybe some like healing on a physical Absolutely. and spiritual level. Have you did you experience any anything like that? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Can you tell especially us a bit? yeah, especially at first when I first started vegan, I uh, was doing the 801010 diet by Douglas Graham mm-hmm. and I really feel like that was a great key component for getting me into like the cleansing process that I needed. Many people do detoxes or cleanses, you know, Mm -hmm. once a year or every six months or something. But for me, it was basically a solid three months at least of nothing but fruit and a little bit of like steamed potatoes. Mm -hmm. Um, But as raw as possible, as organic as possible. Mm -hmm. And then I started letting it more integrate naturally into my life rather than making that my life. But even within days, I used to struggle with some pretty severe arthritis in certain parts of my body. And even within just a few days mm-hmm. of eating just fruit, I realized that I no longer had that pain that I had been so accustomed to. And digestion was just so much better. And then my energy level and then my consciousness. Mm, totally. You know, to be completely honest, I don't think I would be where I am now on a lot of levels if I had not made this switch. And, you know, maybe that's just a guess, but it really does feel like by becoming aware, by bringing my awareness into my diet and bringing awareness into what I support with my money and my action really just cracked my consciousness open in such a beautiful way. Totally. I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, I can relate to that too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us what you'll be doing this Thanksgiving? Do you have any plans? Hmm. I don't have any solid plans. My grandfather... Uh, lives de- next door to me now, and he's... Is he vegan? No. no. <laughs> he's, uh, I guess, sort of like a pescatarian. Well, he does, like, yogurt and fish. Okay. And, like, very minimal any other animal products, but uh-huh. yogurt and fish are pretty staple. So I don't think that we would do a, the turkey thing, obviously, right. but I don't know what he... You know, I think he wants to be satisfied with that uh, communal meal and the tradition of it all. Yeah. But I think he's also right now in a place where he's really open to seeing it as a different opportunity. So I'm not sure if what that'll mean for us if we'll go join a friend's vegan Thanksgiving or okay. if he'll end up doing something else and I'll you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out. But yeah. we definitely would like to spend Thanksgiving together. Awesome. Yeah. And well I've heard family. of some a couple, one or two vegan Thanksgivings that are going mm-hmm. on. So maybe that's what Maybe that's what I'll do, too. Yeah, I love that with our city. We have so many, you know, community gatherings that are vegan and potluck, so there's not a lot of pressure, and it's just an easy way to come together. Yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, thank you for your time. I think that's about all for today, but that was great. I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you. Oh, likewise. Thank you so much. (laughs) 